With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks to you, our listeners, KRBN Internet News Talk Radio is growing and is now available on more stations such as Facebook Video, Player.fm, iTunes, Verbal, and now on Amazon Audible. KRBN Internet News Talk Radio currently does not receive any funding to bring you these programs. However, we do ask that you hit that like button and tell your friends to help this station grow. And thank you again for your support. Live from Lane County, Oregon, it's the Bose No Show. With your host, West Lane County Commissioner, Jay Bosevich. And now, here's Jay. And good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the Bose Nose Show. And I'm your host, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, and we're coming to you live from the front seat of my 2018 Ford Expedition. Yes, uh, kind of things got buggered up in my schedule today, and what I thought was going to be a short time in town in Eugene, driving my wife to get her hair cut because she's still only six weeks post total knee replacement and not driving quite yet. Um, and uh, her appointment that she told me was an hour turned out to be more like two hours. So you're going to be getting me uh, just by telephone today. No, sorry, no live picture of me on Facebook, but uh, I, I can still do the show this way. Robin's going to run the board and keep an eye out for calls and uh you know, you can, it, it is a call-in show, so feel free to give us a call, 646-721-9887, if I remember that number right, Robin. <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And just press 1, because that lets Robin know you want to uh, cut, get on the show with a question or a comment, because uh, we do occasionally get people that call in just to listen to the show. So remember that, 646-721-9887. And uh, it's only been a lot. three years. Congratulations. Hey, I always double check and look at the computer screen to read it just because I want to make sure I get the numbers right. But, yes, I do have it memorized. <laughs> yeah. Woo-hoo, got it. Sort of you know, amazing how, much it, how long it takes to pound something into my head. <laughs> we have so much to talk about today. And, and, you know, first and foremost, and a great demonstration of it was – is we finally have have you know got freedom from the mask here in Oregon, the, the last state in the union to free us from the mask. I just got back, you know, I I didn't do the show last week because I was in Delaware for a funeral, um, and uh, it's you know was great being back there because once I got off the plane, you know, you gotta gotta wear the damn mask on the airplane, even though I've been fully vaccinated. And um, except for when you're eating, because COVID knows when you're eating and doesn't spread. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so you have to wear the mask on the airplane the whole time, and they got to wear the mask on the shuttle out to the rental car place. And you know, it, but as soon as I hit the rental car, from then on, I didn't have to put the mask on the entire time I was in Maryland and Delaware. They did have signs up on a lot of the stores and stuff that said, if you're unvaccinated, you're required to wear a mask. But nobody checked, nobody asked, didn't see anybody wearing a mask hardly anywhere. So it was pleasant to be back there with that. And lo and behold, you know, the, my hairstylist, a lot of times I come in pretty early, so she's the only one in there. Uh, but, you know, coming in the afternoon with Elizabeth here, the place is packed. Not a single person's wearing a mask. The hairstylists aren't wearing masks. The customers aren't wearing masks. Everybody's smiling. 
people have been coming to the door with one on and, and then the reception says we're not enforcing the mask and people are peeling them off and going, thank God. <laughs> people are, were tired of wearing masks. And boy, I tell you, um, you know, it really adds to heat issues too. And, and, you know, I know in the airport getting off on Sunday and showing up in the hundred degree heat, uh, you know, uh, Eugene airport's air conditioning wasn't working well. It was tough to be in a mask. And when I stepped outside in that mask, I peeled that thing off in a hurry. Um, but yeah, glad to be rid of the mask. But, you know, that still gets to the fact that, you know, even though we don't have the mask and, you know, we're not going to enforce, you know, show your, your vaccine passport type stuff, which thank God, you know, you still have to wear your mask in a lot of medical offices because that's a federal requirement. You still have to wear your mask on transit because that's a federal requirement. And you still have to wear your mask on other sorts of public transportation like airlines. Don't give those folks a bunch of stuff because that's not their fault. You know, that, you know, until we change some of the rules federally, that's going to be a problem. But we're not quite over this yet. And, you know, we just have to look at some other countries and even some places in the U.S. where we're starting to see resurgences because people are kind of letting their guard down or the variants are getting um, more um, dominant in the, in, in the disease strains, and particularly the Delta variant. Uh, which tends to be a bit more contagious. But fortunately, if you've been vaccinated, your chances of hospitalization go down significantly and your chances of death go down significantly, but it doesn't eliminate it. You know, it's not like you're, you absolutely have no chance of dying from COVID, particularly if you have underlying health conditions. So um, we're not completely over this yet, but I am, you know, optimistic that you know we're over the worst of it as far as death count goes and hospitalization rates go but uh you know i hope folks are you know that haven't been vaccinated are starting to consider getting vaccinated you only have to look at basically a couple sets of numbers to understand the risk benefit decision between being vaccinated and not being vaccinated there have been over 300 million doses of the vaccine administrated in the U.S. to date. And we're closing in on, on, you know, 400 million. You're only hearing about maybe a couple thousand serious adverse reactions to the vaccine and a handful of deaths that might be linked to the vaccine. They haven't even completely linked them. Yet there's been 34 million plus cases of COVID in the U.S., with over 200,000 deaths. Not, that doesn't include hospitalizations, which are hugely costly, and long-term side effects from people that survive. 200,000 deaths in 34 million cases. So, you know, do the math a little bit. You know, that's two deaths for every 340 cases. Works out to be one for about every 170 cases so of COVID, whereas you're talking about maybe a thousand adverse, serious adverse reactions in over 300 million doses. Very slight chance of an adverse reaction, chance of dying from the vaccine. You know, so it, it's just the risk benefit to try and avoid getting, you know, a serious case of COVID to get vaccinated. It just is a smart thing to do in my book. You know, and and that's my engineer logic brain looking all that over and, and making those sort of decisions, you know, this, and as I look at the data and as I look at the, the risk benefits, if, if you don't have some of the, underlying issues that make getting vaccines difficult in the first place, um, which there are some conditions that some people just can't get vaccines. That I understand. But if you're able to get vaccinated and don't have some of those conditions, I would strongly recommend getting vaccinated. 
Um, it's just purely for the, the, the freedom it gives you that, you know, I don't care if the person next to me is not vaccinated because I am. <laughs> yeah. And I think if I, you know, so I, uh, you know, hopefully I won't be spreading it. You know, the more people get vaccinated, the more chance we're going to reduce the, the caseload and maybe eventually wipe this thing out and, and it won't be an issue. But we still have to be be careful because it's still out there. You know, seven deaths yesterday in Oregon, uh, one of which was in Lane County, a 46-year-old woman. So it's not like it's just old people anymore. And uh, it's a serious, serious disease. Um that we should still take precautions about. So don't completely let your guard down. And everything you do to prevent the transmission of COVID also stops other things like the flu and norovirus and a few other contagious diseases, you know, washing your hands, covering your cough, you know. (laughs) It's just hygiene. So, you know, we can all be a little bit less sick maybe. Uh, In fact, you know, the occurrences of, you know, I have friends that didn't get colds last winter for the first time in a long time because they weren't being exposed to other people in the shutdown. Um, and you know, the flu deaths were down significantly last year because flu just wasn't being uh, circulated in the population because of the shutdowns and everything else people were doing. So it's just good, you know, uh, contagious disease hygiene to do those things like washing your hands and covering your cough, not going out if you're sick. <laughs> Jay, I'm going to do you know, you because we have a caller online. We have a Suzette from California. Sure. Talk with you. Great. Welcome to the show, Suzette. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, you mentioned that over 300 million vaccine, vaccinations have been administered. And, um, well, we have a little over 300 million in population total in the U.S. So <laughs> I'm not sure if you misspoke I, on that. I said I said doses of the vaccination, and many of the vaccines ah. are two doses. So that, so that maybe, yeah, that's where the math comes in. But, you know, when you think about total doses and, and um, normally reaction would, could be on first or second shot. Oh, it, it, of course, the Johnson Johnson's one one shot, but yeah, over the total vaccine because I can't. When you go to the CDC website and look up vaccination total vaccinations in the U.S., they just describe it as total doses. They don't give you a, a number of people. Oh, okay. So that that's alrighty. But still, 300 million doses and a handful, basically, of, of serious. In comparison to the to 300 million, basically a handful of serious reactions. So, I, I risk-wise, I'm just I'm not seeing the risk um, that versus if you get the disease. Right now in the U.S., it's about a one in 170 chance you're going to die. And and where do you get that number from? I'm only inquiring because um, yesterday there was a, a hearing with the um the virologists that um were working with and with the covid or know about the covid or mm-hmm. had um they just had the scientists that were there as witnesses in the hearing and so uh, I was just wondering where you got your number from as far as the death. So uh, I got the number of, of- yeah, the 34 million cases comes from the CDC, and the over 200,000 deaths also comes from the CDC. Um, and it's right, pretty right. well documented, even even if you go ignore whether or not they misclassified a death as COVID or not. If you just look at total deaths in the U.S. in, in 2020 compared to other years, um, we're running about 200,000 above what would be normal. Um, so that that's, you know, I think it's a pretty solid thing, and you take that 200,000 and and, and uh, compare it to 34 million, and it comes out to one in 170. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I was just so, inquiring. That's all. So that's, that's <laughs> um, yep, yep. No. That, I, 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 one thing is, that before I was an elected official, I, I, be, I was a civil engineer for 29 years, and, and I'm pretty good at math. 
Oh, no, no, I, I was just curious how you had come about that number. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't mean to um, say anything as far as your mathematical no, that's okay. skills or, or anything else. Um, but um, again, no, I'm no, curious. it's good to ask about sources because so, sources are important and I'm, I'm more than willing to, to back up, you know, my numbers. I wouldn't put a number out like that if I didn't have a source and a source that I think is a reliable source. So that's kind oh, of absolutely. that's where absolutely. those numbers come from. And I'm sorry if I was com- confusing about the 300 million, but that's doses, not not total people. Mm, okay. So Alrighty. anything else, um, Suzette? Um, there was mention about the Delta virus, <clears throat> that it being actually yes um, a less a lesser strain from the COVID, the original COVID, which would make sense um, <clears throat> because the host is would be the most contagious. And then you have a, uh, a piece of that breaking off, which would be a strain from that. Um, I forget how they explained it yesterday, but basically it's less contagious um, and less deadly overall as far as just less everything because it's a piece of the original host. So it doesn't hold as much, um, I don't know, deadly power. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. Um, so-, so I thought that was interesting. Because there, I know a lot of people had died. I think it was I, I, in India or somewhere from the from the Delta. Yeah, yeah, and and well, actually, that's not quite a, an accurate description. So you know, viruses are basically um, a string of RNA um, that 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 basically runs the viruses, genetics, and all. And the coronavirus mutates. Pretty easily, and that's one. And the coronavirus is also the same virus that causes the common cold. And it's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to develop a vaccine that prevents the common cold, because it mutates so easily. And the Delta mm-hmm. variant is a mutation of the original SARS-CoV-2, you know, base virus. And that that mm-hmm. variant um, mutation is what is is slightly more contagious actually than the original SARS-CoV-2 um, and that's and in India where they had almost no vaccination rate and such a a large heavily densely populated country it spread very quickly and overwhelmed their hospital system to where you couldn't get oxygen for patients and that's one of the you know as some of these patients end up in the hospital and ICU they're put on oxygen almost the whole time because they're not their their blood oxygen drops like crazy and they need to be on pure oxygen basically um, to even keep their blood oxygen high enough to stay alive um, and without the ability to, to oxygenate patients they were losing them very quickly and, and that's just you know part of part of being a very heavily populated not quite first world country um, and and dealing with having their system completely overwhelmed um and and it's kind of sad but yeah that was the delta mm-hmm. variant just uh burnt through the indian population very quickly and and just overwhelmed their system and that same variant now is getting around it's just kind of like there was that variant that was from great britain uh for a while that was a big concern then the one from brazil um was a concern so as these as the virus mutates and these variants become prevalent you know the the real concern is we'll get a variant that's that's resistant to the vaccine so far mm. that hasn't been true yeah so far they said we have so the, we've had seven strains from the original um sars cov 2 yeah. so that's that's a lot yep. <laughs> and we're not finished yet <laughs> so um, i want to thank you for no no so it is clarifying those things i really appreciate it all right. Well, thank you for calling in. Thank you. Take care. Yeah. Have a great day. So that's all you have to do to, to participate in the show here is just give us a call at 646-721-9887. And don't forget to press one so Robin knows you want to get in on the show. And um, we are, you know, even if you want to change the topic, if you have something else you want to talk about other than what I'm talking about right at the time, which I'm going to change the topic now, unless, Robin, were you getting ready to jump in? Nope, I'm just sitting back listening. Uh, okay. 
Sorry, I just I thought I heard you take a deep breath like you were getting ready to jump in. As I try and 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 maneuver my car here. I, I um, can I multitasking. Um but we are you know we we I think we can move away from mask mandates and COVID and vaccination a little bit and uh talk about other stuff that might be in the news. Uh and uh you know, there's just so much going on right now. Um, you know, the legislature just got done, uh, and, it, and I always breathe a sigh of relief because it means I'm kind of safe for a little while, although they've really passed a lot of bills in the last minute there. Um, but, you know, we, we uh, have all sorts of stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, Robin, I am just spacing on what I was getting to get to next. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't do the show and drive. That's okay. Safety first. So, safety first. Yeah, safety first. I'm kind of forgetting what I was, what I had lined up on the show. Oh, I know what I was going to talk about. Fourth of July. God. Brain fart. I apologize. Audience, as this is student run radio, uh, here on the Bo's Nose Show, we always, you know, you guys have witnessed some of our more famous uh, train wrecks. That was just my mental train wreck right there where I totally started to talk about something and it went completely out of my head. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the 4th of July because this is kind of an important issue for me um, in, in many ways, having uh, – had a few scares last summer at our own house where some idiots decided to light a bunch of fires um, late in the summer while driving through western Lane County, one of which was only a few miles from our house and upwind on a very windy day. Um, and then, you know, just a couple weeks later, we had the horrible um, Labor Day fires uh, and the Holiday Farm fire here in Lane County. We are now at a higher danger level from fire as declared by the Oregon Department of Forestry for all of Lane County, which means, uh, you know, first of all, we went into fire season on June 16th. And once you go into fire season, fireworks are banned in any areas protected by the Oregon Department of Forestry. And a lot of people don't realize that might actually cover your house. And one of the ways you can tell that is if you pull out your property tax bill from Lane County, if you saved a copy of it, or you can go online to our assessment and taxation and look yours up, there'll be a line on your property tax bill that's you know, pretty far down near the bottom that says fire patrol and it has a dollar amount on that. You'll only have that fire patrol assessment on there, and it'll actually be two lines usually. It'll be kind of looks repetitive, but it's for two different assessments for fire patrol. If you're included in one of the ODF fire-protected properties, your, your property actually, if there's wildfire, ODF's responsible for protecting it. That's why you pay that assessment. But it also means that you're under their rules. And if you're caught setting off fireworks and start a fire, the rules under the Oregon Revised Statutes make you liable for the cost of putting out that fire. Now, even if your kids start the fire with fireworks, you can be liable for the cost of putting out that fire. So... All I got to say is if, you know, check your tax bill, if you are, you know, being assessed for fire protection from ODF, you better not think about doing personal fireworks on your property this year. It's just too great of a risk for you financially, and it's too great of a risk for you and your neighbors fire-wise this year. And I would just strongly, and even if you're not in ODF-protected properties, it's just plain old dry out there. We are, you know, I already saw where there was a fire along 126 
between Eugene and Benita, some idiot must have thrown a cigarette out and fortunately passerby had a fire extinguisher and extinguished it. Um, but it's that dry that we're getting grass fires along the side of the road. There was one along I-5 up near um, Salem uh, today also that occurred that passerbys put out, fortunately, before even the fire department got there. But it's just not a good year to be doing personal fireworks. Put them away in a dry, cool place and save them for, the, for New Year's Eve and go to a professional display, you know, or better yet, you know, stay home and maybe recite the preamble of the Declaration of Independence and the preamble of the Constitution, you know, together as a group, you know, print it out and all and shout it out at the top of your lungs or something like that. Instead of, you know, loud fireworks, let's have everybody, you know, chant together. You know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. We the people, you know, I can just hear it now across Lane County, people actually recognizing, you know, it's not about big booms. It's really about our independence. It's called Independence Day. It's really not called the 4th of July. You know, and it should be a celebration of our country declaration of independence from England and the whole concept of self-government instead of being governed by somebody that says God declared them are sovereign, you know, <laughs> and their, their heirs are going to be our, our, our rulers ad infinitum because of some sovereign, you know, decision, uh, you know, uh, of, God, you know, it just makes no sense. So we actually started something completely new in this country, which is self-determination, and we should celebrate that, not setting off a bunch of fireworks that were made in China. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, maybe think about that. Maybe ring some bells. Because, you know, on the original 4th of July, that's what they did. They rang bells on Independence Day. So that's what I I would encourage folks, you know, go to a professional display. The professional displays are highly regulated. They have to, you know, they're all permitted. They get inspected by the fire marshal. They have to have, you know, fire precautions set up there and fire watches and everything else, they're safe. And there are plenty of them here in Lane County. There's going to be a display in Cresswell. There's going to be a display at the Eugene Pro Rodeo up there north of Santa Clara. Um, you know, go online. You can, you know, if you Google fireworks displays near me, you can find several others. Corvallis is having one. You know, that's one of those, if you really are just a fireworks fanatic, that's what I suggest. But it is hot. It is dry. It is just really not the right time of year to be doing fireworks this year. We just, you know, with our drought, we just declared a drought emergency in Lane County, which has more to do with farmers being able to transfer water rights than anything else um, and helping farmers out kind of complex, but in order for them to have the ability to do that, we have to make that declaration so that farmers can get a little bit more priority to water crops maybe than certain other uses of water um, from our rivers and streams and reservoirs. But, um, you know, it is that dry that we had to make a drought emergency declaration a couple weeks ago. the Oregon Department of Forestry has moved all of Lane County into a high fire risk, which even just declaring fire season of June 16th fireworks were banned. This also means that you can't mow dry grass after 10 a.m. in the morning. There's a, you know, can't be running chainsaws and all that without fire watches out in the forest. Um, there's a lot that is not, you just can't do. Campfires, open burning. None of that. Uh, so 
you, you can't smoke um, on out in the forest at all, you can get only inside vehicles or on paved roads. Uh, it, you know, so why would you be setting off fireworks out there? Uh, so just just be aware of that. And just, you know, also be aware, I know that sometimes people think, well, I'll go someplace where there's a big parking lot and set them off. A lot of those places are now also basically saying, we don't want the liability you know, something goes skittering off the parking lot into the grass. So I know that the Fern Ridge School District and several other um, owners of those kind of big parking lots are saying, nope, not this year. And uh, they've actually put it out in advance. So you can't go to Elmira High School or Elmira Middle School and set your fireworks off in their parking lots because they've banned it from their properties this year. So just be aware, you know, there's a lot of restrictions on fireworks this year. Um, and maybe it's just not a good idea this year. Save them for New Year's Eve. Um, and think of maybe some other ways to celebrate. And actually recognize that it's Independence Day. And really maybe, you know, kind of get your kids and your family to understand just how unique that whole thing was that many years ago in 1776. There really wasn't a westernized civilization that was run by self-determination of the people at that point. And there really wasn't, you know, this idea of declaring independence from a sovereign that supposedly was anointed by God to serve as the ruler of your chosen, whatever country you happen to live in. So just, I mean, the the insight, you know, and I know this term is no longer PC, but the insight our founding fathers had in creating the concept of self-governance uh, is just was in, you know inspirational at the time, and then when it gets down to our actual constitution, that was a, a work of genius in so many ways. Um, and I, it, it people sometimes just don't appreciate maybe where the world was at the time those things happened, and the whole concept of self-governance which ultimately led to the elimination of slavery and freedoms here that some people just don't understand. And, you know, the emancipation of, of women and uh, many minorities here in the U.S., yes, there are still issues, but that all began with the whole idea of an individual's right to self-determination. And that that concept springs from our Declaration of Independence and our Constitution. And at the time that concepts were developed, they were unique in this world. So celebrate that. Celebrate your right to self-determination and what that's led to ultimately in this country. Yes, have we gotten that perfected? No but we're striving towards it and that should be celebrated. So just not with something that could cause a major fire and just, you know, yes, it also will help some of those folks that were fire victims. I can't tell you the post-traumatic stress some of those people are going through that, that had to evacuate at a moment's notice drove through flying cinders and smoke to escape the flames, lost everything. Just the smell of smoke, you know, raises an uproar on social media from some of those areas. Yeah, I, I, I joined some of the upriver uh, bulletin boards just so I could share information uh, about recovery and other 
resources available to fire victims on some of those sites. And just having smoke in the air somewhere, you'll see posts, do you know where the smoke's coming from? You know, do you know what's going on? Do, you know, have you heard anything? You know, it, it, the, the level of stress and trauma that those people are still experiencing, it's not worth, you know, setting off your own fireworks. Find some other way to celebrate this year and, and just, you know, let those people have a peaceful 4th of July um, and maybe think about really why you have that day off, why you're barbecuing that that steak and, you know, why you, you got a three-day weekend. And maybe celebrate that. So that's kind of my my how I'm going to celebrate for the July. I'm not going to set off any personal fireworks. I, I don't think I'm going to ring bells just because I don't think I've got a bell that I can ring. <laughs> but I am probably going to reread some of the Declaration of Independence. And I'll probably relook at the preamble to our Constitution. And I will think about, you know, where we were at that time in history what was the norm at that time and how outside of the norm some of those people had to think to get to where they, they, they wanted to be independent and have self-determination. And I'm just so glad they did because it, it basically led to a worldwide revolution where eventually almost all the peoples in this world have the right to self-determination. There are a few exceptions, mainland China and a few others where there is no right to self-determination. But for the most part, it's gone global. If you want to talk about going viral, our Declaration of Independence went viral. It might have taken a few years, but it is worldwide. So let's celebrate that document and that idea and maybe leave the fire risk out of it. So, Robin, you have any big plans for the 4th of July weekend now that you don't have to wear a mask or socially distance yourself? Um, <laughs> I was thinking of a massive mask burning. Uh, how about you just throw it away? <laughs> no, no burning, please. The audience disagrees. Yeah. Oh, well, well, yeah, we're going to have to wait till it rains this fall before we can have a mask burning. <laughs> and you may want to save those because... You know, the governor did hang on to her emergency powers till the first of next year. And, you know, she, she may have lifted all the mask mandates and the social distancing in this state, but she extended her emergency powers well, all the way through the end of the year. I think that if she tried to bring it back, uh, considering that every Lane County commissioner in Oregon wrote her a letter complaining and businesses are just going to go we ain't going to take it you know it's going to be interesting um, to see if she can actually state any of that it's going to have to be some pretty serious um, resurgence of the disease to to get people to accept going backwards at this point because I think there's just such a fatigue all that but you know because she extended her emergency powers at the end of the year that makes a double reason to save your fireworks for new year's eve we can celebrate the end of the emergency (laughs) there you go and and i have a safety tip for people that wear masks don't yawn yes 
Oh, gosh, yeah. Well, I always, you know, I, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of cosmetic surgery in the next couple of years for people having their ears pinned back to their head again. Yeah, now's the time to buy so stock lipstick. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you know if you really want to make some some bread, uh, get into cosmetic surgery right now and, and learn how to do that that surgery that pins you know that makes your ears get, you know lie flat again. Because I think everybody's had their ears pulled forward so much that you know it, you know, <laughs> you're, you're gonna be able to tell everybody that was wearing their mask during during COVID because their ears. I just yeah. feel sorry for some of the people that worked in environments where they had to wear them 40 hours a week. I mean, I always I was uncomfortable only having to wear them a couple hours a day or when I was on this airline flight where I wore it for almost a whole day. Just really, um, you know, one of those things where that's not really a comfortable for me. I don't, yeah. you know, it, having the mask over my face always makes my nose tickle makes me want to rub my nose but i've got the mask there so it's like you can't rub your nose you know it's like and you shouldn't touch your nose anyway because it has you don't want to get you know have to wash your hands you know it's like oh my gosh so on my drive home from from uh getting my hair cut here i just went past firm ridge reservoirs dam and uh hopefully you won't lose me because it's also a dead zone in my cell phone area um, but it is kind of sad because both Douglas County and Lane County sheriffs are there today. I noticed they had their boat trailers and a couple of cars there because they're trying to do a recovery effort right now looking for somebody that was uh, likely drowning victim in Fern Ridge Reservoir yesterday. And apparently the, their child went over, both went over trying to rescue the child. None of them were wearing life preservers, and uh, the wife and the child made it to shore. He did not. Um, people, please wear flotation devices when you're out boating, you know, and, or have them really handy. Uh because you, know, you just never know. You never know when you, you know that that knee-jerk reaction when the kid goes over the side is to jump in as quickly as possible instead of fumbling to find that that life vest that you got in the boat to stay legal, but obviously wasn't handy. And you know, without thinking, both parents jump in no vest. Um, that didn't work out so well for this family. Um, really. Just a word of caution. Every year we have people that, that lose their life in Lane County in boating accidents and water accidents on our rivers, doing silly things like floating down the Willamette River in an inflatable ring that's meant for a swimming pool for a child you know, with no other flotation device, um, rated life vest. Um, these Waters are a lot colder than they look this time of year. It's still very early in the summer. Um, there's when that situation can turn dire in a very quick time, and uh, that life vest will save your life. Yeah, they're bulky and all that stuff. Kind of like the face mask were during COVID. They're not comfortable, but they're you know when you're on the water, you're you know taking that risk. And uh, we lose several here here in Lane County to you know, water accidents. And if you can't afford life vests, there's lots of programs now where you can get them for free. Uh, there are a lot of uh, these boat launches are actually hanging there waiting, you know, for you just to take. Basically, where there's a lot of uh, organizations raise money and buy them and put them out there. Um, where they're available to the public. So there's almost no excuse for getting out on the water without one. But uh, just be careful, folks, out there, because this weekend's a big weekend for boating. 
and uh, never helps to mix the intoxicants with that either. So just be, be safe. You know, it's not just fire safety we need to worry about. It's also water safety uh, out there. And this has been your public safety announcement from your West Lane County Commissioner and your host of the Bozno Show, West Lane County Commissioner Jay Bozovich, coming to you live from my car almost in Elmira, Oregon. <laughs> A.K.A. Man on the Street. A Man on the Street, yes. We're doing the report live. Uh, that just reminded me of that. You know, it's just a such a sad situation when you see something, you know, when there's a loss of life like that. I mean, it's going to be tough for his family and, uh, you know, just an unnecessary death probably that could have been prevented. So, you know, the legislature was meeting and, you know, one of the bills that kind of got hustled through right at the end is, is, it always amazes me to have these bills that match the, 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 the year of the legislative session. It always seemed to be some of the scariest bills they passed. And this year it was House Bill 2021. And it's one of these, you know, climate change sort of bills where they're all kind of, you know, we got to do something disease and uh, whether or not, our electric grid is almost carbon-free as it is in the Pacific Northwest, as we are so heavily dependent on hydropower, which is basically a carbon-free um, system of power. But no, we had to pass this bill that is requiring us to be completely on, quote, their version of green energy by the year 2040, which is way ahead of most of these kind of schemes that some of the other states like Washington and California are pushing for. And in it, lo and behold, hydro doesn't qualify as being green. So I don't know what they're going to replace the BPA dams with and stuff, but it's going to basically force us to go towards sources of energy that, uh, it, that are more expensive. So this means that you're, you're, electrical bill is going to go up and during something like the heat wave we had this last weekend will make energy much more unreliable and brownouts much more common and we all know that one of the as far as deaths go in america heat causes more deaths than any other weather in the u.s we're going to make electricity more expensive so that, the, you know, these, these are the same people that are social justice warriors, and it's all about making sure the people that are poor have equity. So they're going to make electricity more expensive so they can't cool their houses during heat events because they can't afford the electricity. And at the same time, destabilize the electric grid with these destabilizing green energy sources so that you possibly may not even matter whether it's expensive or not. It may be short, you know, go brown out and you won't get electricity anyway. And, and yet that bill slid through the legislature you know, last minute, you know, got approval from the Senate and is now the law of Oregon's land where the utilities are going to be required to go completely green power by 2040, less than 20 years away, and your electric grid and your energy bill are going to reflect that. So not very forward thinking and not very, you know, scientifically driven or anything like that, particularly seeing that our our grid here in Oregon is one of the lowest carbon footprint grids in the U.S. already. One of the reasons why the per capita carbon footprint in Oregon is far below the U.S. average, and by the way, it's been dropping steadily for the last 20 years without government intervention. Um, you know, it just amazes me they went there. But our legislature did. So now that, you know, the legislature's, trying all that last-minute stuff, that was one of the things they did. And on top of throwing a bunch of um, 
recycling stuff in a huge recycling bill that is going to raise the cost of everything you buy in Oregon because, you know, if the manufacturers have to pay for it, that means you'll pay for it in the price of the products, which somehow or another that's a disconnect with, you know, some of those folks up there at the legislature, the same social justice warriors that are trying to protect the poor and the uh, uh, disadvantaged. And excuse me, I'm pulling in my garage and my proximity alarms going off as I get close to the walls. Um, but that's just one of those things that happens in, in, in the legislature is they somehow or another disconnect the association of cause and effect of what they're doing. And they passed a sweeping uh, recycling reform bill, which in some ways, you know, I agree with the, the, some of the principles behind it where it's, you know, if you're going to package stuff, particularly I, I hate that, that damn blister packing that, you know, cuts you to shreds and you can't get into, you know, uh, if you cut into it to get into something that leaves sharp edges and all that, yeah, that they use at Costco a lot, um, is just a mess. Uh, and this this uh, bill basically kind of says if you create the packaging, you have to figure out a way to dispose of it too, or 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 offset the cost of disposal. Um, it's not a bad thing in some ways. So forgive me while I pause as I'm going to switch from my uh, hands-free to my phone real quick, um, so you might hear a little bit of a delay. Because if I don't open my door and greet the dog, he's going to go nuts. <laughs> and here's the dog. And um, when he's done, I'll tell you my theory on the Green New Deal, how it was totally misunderstood. Yeah. Uh, how was the Green New Deal totally misunderstood? Well, see, we're assuming that the Green New Deal was actually for climate, but the Green New Deal is actually more green in their pocket. Yeah, yeah, more green in their pockets and stuff, or anybody's pockets other than the consumer. Right. Yeah, there's a price to pay for all this, and that's just seems to be completely misunderstood by our legislature at times. Um, So, you know, a rush through recycling bill, and, and you know, the thing that bothers me the most about this, this session is there was absolutely no access to the public. And the hearings were, um, even even though they were virtual, were very controlled about who actually got to testify on camera and um, very limited. And it just seemed to be a, a not very transparent session where um, they just kept the public at arm's length the entire time. My God. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it just kind of makes, and, and yet they passed some of the most controversial legislation in that atmosphere, whether it's this electrical mandates or whether it's the recycling mandates or even, you know, earlier bills they passed, which, you know, the gun lockup bill, uh, which just was a hideous piece of legislation. Fortunately, there's uh, petitions being circulated to refer it to the ballot. Um, It just amazes me they could do all that really having access, you know, and being able to go around and, and, and come to their legislators' offices Every other state's legislature had some version of public access. May not have been quite like it was before, but they let the publics in in their state houses. Oregon stands alone as the as the only legislature that did not allow the public in the building. So that's you know that's the background to this whole. legislative session is it was done, you know, basically where the legislators were really only hearing from the lobbyists. That's who really had access. And this is this, you know, 
legislature that complains about, you know, big money in politics and everything else, yet they just didn't seem to allow the average Joe citizen to have access to their state legislators. It's a really difficult situation to try and get input on a bill. Even as a county commissioner, it was difficult at times to get their attention. So um, just kind of an odd situation. But, you know, happy to have them adjourned, signy die, as they like to say in Latin. And uh, we are safe, at least for the moment, from any new legislation. But, you know, we're still sifting through the the plethora of bills that passed on the last couple of days, the money that was allocated and who, who won, who lost. <laughs> and we'll see how it affects Lane County's budget here over the next week or so as we, we digest all that information. But, uh, quite, quite the session. Um, it, you know, interesting things, you know, having a state representative, state representative actually, expelled from the legislature um, and and the fascinating idea that he might get reappointed <laughs> to the seat he was expelled from uh, only in Oregon uh, can you have that sort of stuff happen but yeah it was an interesting legislative session in a lot of ways um, you know, some things that just seemed to have been no-brainers that could have been done in the first couple of days of the session it took almost the entire session to get out um, you know like the bill that that would waived uh, some of the planning requirements for fire victims rebuilding took you know most of the session to get out and then it took almost three weeks for the governor to sign it even though both houses by nine to one majorities you know <laughs> so you know it's like a bill that has that much support took that long to get out. And, and you know, because it they uh, delayed, it meant that you uh, had people that were having to jump through planning hoops that didn't need to. And all the stress that was causing fire victims, they just made that one of the first bills they ran, you know, ran through and got done. Yeah, but they managed to get the the gun grab bill done faster than the fire victims relief bill. So fancy that. So that that's uh that's our legislature. So just a couple minutes left on the Bose Nose show as we were mobile today. I wanna to apologize to uh all of you out there that were listening today that I'm not on Facebook that I've kind of discombobulated trying to drive and do the show at the same time, but we managed to get the whole show in. We even had a caller from California today. And I just want to remind people that this is a call-in show. And it's one of the reasons why I like to do this show, because it's an opportunity for anyone in Lane County, whether you live in my district or not, to communicate with a county commissioner one-on-one just by calling into the show at 646-721-9887. And, uh, you know, we can have a conversation. And one of the great things also about doing this show is it's done through the Internet. And I don't actually have to sign off exactly at an hour. So if you were to call right now, we could have a conversation. And if it's a good conversation, we'll extend the show. Um, That's just the beauty of doing Internet radio is we're not on a clock. You don't hear commercials. It's live. And uh, but at the same time. It's also archived. Tomorrow, this show will be archived on the Blog Talk site and in several other places, and you can go back and listen to past shows. So uh, this is, you know, Liz forever. So if you're not available right when the show is being broadcast live, you can uh, get on and um, listen to the show the next day or something like that just to try and catch up with stuff. Um, won't be able to call in and talk to me live, but you can listen to all of our past shows uh, if you want, but I imagine you probably want to listen to the most recent one. And uh, that's also available. Well, I want to you know, thank folks for listening. We'll be back next week. And I know I will be 
live and I will hopefully be on Facebook live also at the same time with a live picture and uh, we'll be coming to you live here from beautiful downtown Elmira next week with the Bose Nose Show. I want to just thank you for listening and have a great week. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.